Magneto Funky, number 51. It's Monday, December 18th, 2017. Hey, Larry here, in the pursuit of grid power to the people. This week, it's the beginning of collecting parts for my Bedini motor, and adventures in microwave oven stripping. Uh, the music stage once again ventures west of the west coast, checking out a few rock tunes from China, mostly Shanghai, uh, but not this first number. Gripping his clutch, revving up his stain so much that no one else seemed to budge. But I've got millions of signs, it's clustered up and it's never too clever. Frame my mind, wondering if ever this weather is as fickle as mine. Not talking nickels or dimes, so do this courtesy so we don't have to waste our time.
touch, gripping his clutch, revving up his stain so much that no one else seemed to budge. But I've got millions of sons. I stood up in this never too clever. Frame my mind, wondering if ever this weather is as fickle as mine. Not talking nickels or dimes, the street is courtesy, so we don't have to waste our time. Okay, that was Stallions of Stop by Proximity Butterfly, a progressive punk outfit from Chengdu. Uh, Formed in 2003, they were featured in Rolling Stone magazine after the release of their first album. A diverse fusion of folk, funk, soul, hip-hop, alternative rock, and psychedelia. The band currently consists of guitarist, vocalist, producer Joshua C. Love, bassist, vocalist Heather Love, guitarist, vocalist New New, and drummer Wang Young. Nice. Hey, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international podzine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod pages are 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in a very short grid theory, it's not so much head work as leg work during the week and this weekend, meaning a lot of walking around the city and Berkeley in the process of acquisition and inventory, a.k.a. another trip to Al Lasher's for parts. Uh, I picked up a few components for the ultra-low-voltage Jewel Thief, a decent plug-in breadboard, and more importantly, a few parts for my Bedini motor. Starting with a couple of those tin can 2N3055 power transistors. They still don't have enameled magnet wire though. Anyway, while I'm checking things off my shopping list, I came across a very useful and current Bedini Motor build series being produced by a cat named Troy from the hangout Do-It-Yourself World Electronics. Uh, He's going step-by-step through the process with articles and videos begun a few months ago. And this ain't his first Bedini build, so, you know, cool. 
The first video is a parts list. Uh, the second is on that important rotor, and I'm probably just going to go with a bike wheel first, even though that presents a space issue to deal with, which I'll worry about after I get all the parts I need. Uh, okay, uh, coming back with a different acquisition adventure, salvaging parts from a microwave. Okay, back to the stage. Continuing from here on with Shanghai Sounds. First up, it's Hero's Work by Limousine, a four-piece band who have been a mainstay on the Shanghai scene for the past five years. Now that's Colin, Sly, Jillian, and Evo. Uh, for the past two years, they've been voted Best Local Band by City Weekend's Reader's Choice Awards, and to date, they've released three EPs. Their latest, Hot Pursuit, came out in September last year. And this song is from that record.
Okay, next up, we have The Wall of Hearts by Q Mars, a blues rock fusion artist uh, born in 1952 in Iran of Danish nationality, and he's a citizen of China. Uh, he's a practicing architect who teaches architecture at Chao University when he's not songwriting and playing. Okay, we wrap the set with Terrorized by Friend or Foe, the rock, punk, dance, and funk band that was last featured way back in show number three. Nice.
Hey, Geek Notes. Okay, today, the 18th of December, and even though the results of last week's special election in Alabama should be cause for celebration, it only means more black men and women voters came out to vote than the redheads could suppress. And the drama ain't even over yet. Because whiny-ass, sore loser, pedophile Roy Moore still hasn't conceded. Though we know damn well if the results were reversed, he'd be calling a Jones recount demand an affront to God. Proving, once again, that sanctimonious mofos only believe in the rules when they can abuse them. And as for the Beltway Red Hats and the Nazi Channel redoubling their efforts to overturn the impeachment barbecue and get Mueller fired over emails nonetheless if and when Orange Queenie actually does pull the trigger after the holidays if you're going to go to D.C. to protest the blatant obstruction just remember to wear a gas mask and a vest cause the shock troops might just mix a few live rounds in amongst the rubber bullets because you'll already be labeled terrorists, let alone black identity extremists, as opposed to the murderous Tiki Torch Nazis who were all fine people. And meanwhile, can we get the UN to condemn the blatantly racist treatment of Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands? Still in a level six grid down? I mean, at this point, should they even have to vote for complete independence now? so the rest of the world can step in and give aid instead of our government's plan to continue the hands-off ethnic cleansing going on for all that future resort property? Anyway, happy Christmahana Kwanzaa, and let's run the dates. Okay, today the 18th is Arabic Language Day, and it's International Migrants Day. And let's see, on this date in history, oh, in dubious science, in 1912, the discovery of the skull known as Piltdown Man, the first important fossil human skull ever to be unearthed in England, was announced at a meeting of the Geological Society of Great Britain. Charles Dawson, steward of Barkham Manor, an attorney and secretary to the Sussex Archaeological Society, and Arthur Smith Woodward, keeper of geology at the British Museum announced their remarkable find had been made at Piltdown Common. The specimen, known as Piltdown Man, occupied an honored place in the catalogs of fossil hominids for the next 40 years. But in 1953, thanks to some rigorous scholarly detective work, Piltdown Man was revealed to be nothing more than a forgery manufactured from modern human and animal remains. Uh, also on the 18th, in 1839, John William Draper took a daguerreotype of the moon, the first celestial photograph made in the U.S. He exposed the plate for 20 minutes using a 5-inch telescope and produced an image 1 inch in diameter. And we have an event Monday night. Uh, waiting for the bus, holiday open mic featuring Carlene Tibbetts. That'll be 7 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time at Uncharted Books, uh, 2620 North Milwaukee Avenue, Chicago. 
Hey, shake off the holiday stress and chill out with some cool poetry. Uh, We got Carlene Tibbetts on the feature spot. And all we're missing is you and your poetry. You can BYOB or shop around at the bookstore for those last-minute gift needs. Cool? Okay, for December 19th, uh, oh, in 1974, the pioneering Altair 8800 microcomputer was first put on sale in the U.S. as a do-it-yourself computer kit for $397. That's $2,074.67 today. It used switches for input and flashing lights as a display. Ed Roberts founded Micro Instrumentation and Telemetry Systems to market his product that used the 8800 microprocessor. Uh, The demand for the machine exceeded the manufacturer's wildest expectations. The Altair 8800 was featured on the cover of the January 1975 issue of Populum Electronics and the first commercially successful personal computer, the Commodore PET, which integrated a keyboard and monitor in its case, came out in early 77. The Apple II followed later that year. And also on the 19th, in 1899, black American inventor Granville T. Woods was issued a U.S. patent for an amusement apparatus, number 639692. Woods, as the most prolific African-American inventor of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, has been called the Black Edison. Now, he's the Black Woods. His numerous inventions included a steam boiler furnace, telephone, telegraph system, electric railway, and automatic air brake for railroad safety. Uh, This patent design was for a small-scale or large-scale electrically driven cars on a closed track, such as a figure-eight layout. And uh, a side note to Spike Lee, Denzel, Beyonce, and anybody else in Black Hollywood listening, Y'all want to do an actual black superhero movie? Pick this guy. Uh, December 20th is the last day of Hanukkah. And it's also International Human Solidarity Day. And the 21st, of course, is the winter solstice. Okay, uh, moving on. December 23rd. Oh, another big day in science history. In 1947, the transistor was first demonstrated by Walter T. Bretain and John Bardeen to their higher-ups at Bell Labs. A microphone and headphones were connected to the transistor, and the device was actually spoken over with no noticeable change in quality, as Bretain wrote in his notes about that day. The name transistor came from its electrical property known as trans-resistance. The original device, which the researchers first had working on December 16th, was a point contact version, which was later improved by engineer and racist prick William Shockley as a junction transistor. The inventors shared the 1956 Nobel Prize in physics for their work, and the transistor replaced the bulkier vacuum tube and was referred to as the electronic engineer's dream. And also on the 23rd in 1750, Benjamin Franklin was severely shocked while electrocuting a turkey. 
he was distracted by talking amongst the company present, who said that the flash was very great and the crack as loud as a pistol, which he did not sense, but, quote, I afterwards found it raised a round swelling where the fire entered as big as half a pistol bullet due to the quickness of the electrical fire, unquote. Just another reminder, pay attention to what you're doing because electricity has no respect for dumbasses. I don't care how smart you are. And on the 23rd in 1672, astronomer Giovanni Cassini discovered Saturn's moon Rhea, the fifth major satellite of Saturn, which may be one of the most heavily cratered satellites in the solar system. Uh, Cassini also discovered three more of Saturn's major moons, Iapetus, Tethys, and Dion. And in 1675, he discovered that Saturn's rings are split largely into two parts by a narrow gap known since as the Cassini Division. And let's see, for December 24th, in 2004, the Huygens probe began a 22-day descent towards Saturn's largest moon, Titan. It had been launched as part of the Cassini spacecraft in 1997, and together they entered Saturn's orbit in June 2004. As the paths of the spacecraft and Titan converged, Cassini ejected the Huygens probe, sending it on its coast toward the cloud-covered moon. It landed on January 14, 2005, and sent back photographs of the moon's surface. And let's see, we have one last event. The Christmas Eve and Christmas Day 2017 Bridge Watch at the Golden Gate Bridge Toll Plaza here in the city. Uh, that'll be happening from 10 a.m. on the 24th to 2 p.m. the 25th Pacific Standard Time. The Bridge Watch Angels will dedicate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to saving lives on the Golden Gate Bridge, which remains the number one suicide destination in the world. In 2016, 39 people died jumping off the bridge, although another 184 came to the bridge to end their lives but were stopped by the CHP, Bridge District Police, and the Bridge Watch Angels Volunteers. Oh, by the way, the Christmas Eve roster is full, but volunteers are still needed on Christmas Day. Uh, you can go to their Facebook page to get an Eventbrite ticket and complete details. And finally, a mea culpa to the artist Ruto for not only forgetting to mention the name of the song last week, Ask Me Again, but mangling his handle by calling him Rufo, even though everything was correct in the show notes. And a thank you to the folks over at iTunes. Uh, apparently one of them is a regular listener because uh, they added episodes 23 and 37 to my show feed. Thank you kindly. Okay, if you have promos, pluggers, gig info, and art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. 
Okay, in grid practice, a different acquisition adventure. Uh, earlier in the week, while going to the neighborhood bike store for pants clips, I saw a discarded microwave sitting on a mattress outside a block of upscale apartments. Uh, it didn't look as infested as the TV I salvaged earlier this year inside the building, so I brought it back to M. Funky Labs after letting the building super give it the once-over for any sign of bed bugs. No look-sees and no smell. And believe me, if you've smelled bed bugs before, you can tell. Uh, regardless, I sprayed the vents with bug killer and I only saw a couple small roaches emerge, which were quickly dispatched. And so I did my best to continue bug bombing, and I wrapped it up before going to work. The next day, I checked a few video guides on stripping the thing down, and uh, did my research after a second bug bombing. A Thursday night after work, I couldn't stand having it in my unit any longer, so I opened it up. I uh, put a white trash bag under the metal to help spot any critters that emerged. And yeah, a couple moving around still did. But anyway, after sending them to hell, I took a quick photo of the assembled parts before removing what I wanted. Uh, I took out the fan, then addressed the high voltage capacitor. 2100 volts AC, 1 microfarad. I triple shorted the terminals before even touching that thing, cutting the wires and removing it. Cause this thing will kill you fast. Uh, next, I had to remove the magnetron to get to the other parts. But I was extremely careful handling it to ensure that I didn't damage or even scratch the ceramic insulator around the big metal tube. There's no way to know if it's aluminum oxide, which is no danger, or beryllium oxide. Highly toxic if you damage it, make any tiny particles airborne and breathe it in, which is slow death from lung cancer. I said to hell with the two big magnets in the thing. Uh, I put it back after removing the big transformer underneath it. And finally, the AC motor underneath the bottom was the last thing I took out after I put the cover back on the unit. Then it went outside the building to be hauled away by the city. Now, the final tally of reclaimed parts is a surprisingly clean fan and motor, uh, that high voltage capacitor, a big 120 volt transformer, a small circuit board, with a nice, I think, uh, either 8 or 10 amp fuse. I got three relay switches. The AC motor with a crank attachment I can easily modify into a handle. Not bad. And not as dirty a job as I thought. Though, while I was doing it, a line from an early Nicky Giovanni poem did come to mind. Happiness is finding a pregnant roach and squashing it. Yeah, I found two. <laughs> Anyway, those parts are sitting in a small box in a small trash bag just in case. And it's been a few days and haven't seen any more bugs. So for now, 
I've decided no more salvaging, with the exception of scrounging up some scrap wood for building, because you can only do so much with PVC. Okay, for one more tune, we close out with the only band that's no longer in existence. Stegosaurus, with a question mark. Uh, this hard-driving Shanghai rock outfit packed it in last year, but two members have started a new project called Split Pants. Uh, but I didn't see any free releases from that group. Oh, by the way, all the music this week came from the free MP3 stacks at Reverb Nation. And the song here is Stinky Tofu. Enjoy. This show is a 1223 Studio joint. Show files are at iTunes, Internet Archive, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Mixcloud. Episode notes are on the pod pages, and you can download the MP3 directly. If you like the show, tell your friends. Hell, tell your redhead asshole uncle. I don't care. Uh, show themes, Rocket Power, and Spyglass 
by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for Monday, December 25th, and no, it won't be a damn holiday show. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission, and this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through, not into, the darkness. <laughs>